0: Ezekiel two, one, two, three, three. And he said to me, "Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you." And as he spoke to me, the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, "Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. And you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me. And it had writing on the front and on the back, and there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And he said to me, son of man, eat whatever you find here, eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me this scroll to eat. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. This is the word of God.
1: Uh, Would you join me as we pray uh, one more time? Let's pray together. Uh, Father. Thank you for gathering us here this morning, and we pray that your spirit would come upon us, uh, give us understanding, uh, speak to us this morning, may we be drawn to be closer and closer to you, uh, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, last week, uh, G and I, we celebrated our wedding anniversary, and so because of that, I thought about our, or or at least for my first meeting with her parents. And uh, this meeting, it had high stakes because not only did I have to ensure I was representing myself well, but also my family. Uh, G and I, we're we're both Korean and in our culture, there's a very high value on not only you as an individual, but also your family. Uh, So for example, uh, one thing that matters greatly for, uh, for those of us that are Korean is, uh, where is your family from? What region of Korea is your family from? And so leading up to this meeting, I ensured that I memorized that information in my head and I had it at the ready. And sure enough, one of the very first questions that Ji's dad asked me was, what region is your family from? And so I answered, gave him uh, that information, and I felt, Yes, I got it right. I brought honor to our family. But then he started to ask even more questions. And some some questions that I had answers to, some questions that I had no clue what he was talking about. And so all throughout that conversation, I, I stumbled a lot, uh, asking for forgiveness and for understanding. Um, but, yeah, but... You know, that day I was wondering, gosh, did I truly uh, represent my family well uh, that day? But here we are, 12 years later, and we're still married. Uh, in the Christian life, uh, God has called his people to, to be his ambassadors, to represent him well to the watching world. Uh, Christians are, be, are called to be sent out to tell of the good news of Jesus to those around us. But there are times where this feels like an uphill battle uh, because the responsibility to do this, it, it feels very weighty and daunting. We might have fear of not knowing what, what to say when we have these conversations with other people. We, we might even struggle with guilt because we know that perhaps our lives are not consistent with the life that Jesus calls us to. Well, today we're going to look at uh, a passage in the Old Testament. Uh, It's about the prophet uh, Ezekiel, and it's when he was called to be an ambassador, to represent God. Uh, And he too felt as though God was calling him to this impossible task. But we're going to see there are three things that God did for Ezekiel that are also true for us. And so we'll see, first, that God calls us to be faithful. Second, God equips us with his words. And then lastly, God empowers us with his spirit. So first, God calls us to be faithful. Uh, Ezekiel, he was living in one of the darkest times in Israelite history. Uh, This is the 6th century BC. Uh, The Babylonians have come upon them, and they've attacked Israel. Jerusalem, and they've now taken, the Babylonians have now taken a bunch of Israelites and sent them off to Babylon. And Ezekiel is part of this group of exiles that have been taken away. And at some point when when he's in Babylon, God appears to Ezekiel, uh, calls him to speak on his behalf to the Israelites. Uh, We see this in verse 3. God says to Ezekiel, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. And so Ezekiel, hearing this, he knows that this is going to be no cakewalk. Right? He's being sent to a people who have been com- who have completely rejected God, people who won't listen to him, take him seriously, and even before the exile, uh, things were no different. The Israelites were not on the best terms with God. They had all this history of rebelling against him, committing all kinds of idolatry, wanting nothing to do God. And this rebellious behavior continued and perhaps even got even worse when they're in exile. And so this sounds like a losing battle for Ezekiel, but we see that God, he clarifies expectations uh, for him. We see this in verse 5. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them, And you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. So twice, God says, whether they hear or refuse to to hear. So God knows that some, if not many, of the Israelites, they, they won't take Ezekiel seriously. But God doesn't give Ezekiel this quota to meet of how many people are going to turn from their ways and commit to following God, that the metric of success for Ezekiel is to to be faithful to go and to speak to the Israelites, despite how challenging it will be, whether the Israelites hear or refuse to hear. Uh, years ago, I had the privilege of leading short-term missions teams to London, where we partnered with a, a ministry called the London City Mission. And at the beginning of the trip, uh, the missionaries, they would gather us to uh, brief us on the, the week ahead, and, and they shared with us honestly about how challenging it was being being over there saying just how people are not interested in the gospel and that conversions were not happening left and right. And so you might think, gosh, are these people fit for missionary work? Um, well, that first day afterwards, we would go with the missionaries to a supermarket so that our team could gather food for the week that were there. And every different aisle that we would go down, we would have to stop at some point. Because either the missionary would say hello to somebody in that aisle or somebody else would notice the missionary and they would strike up a conversation. And here, here I am thinking, we don't have time for this. We've got to do some work. But these missionaries, just being who they are, uh, they showed us what ministry truly looks like. You know, every aisle that we would go down, we would stop. Uh, and and it wasn't these, you know, superficial highs and hellos, and then you just kind of keep on walking. Uh, but we would stop and witness these meaningful conversations that took place in the aisle of a grocery store where where the missionaries would have a decent conversation about how are they doing. They would check in on... A specific burden that they've been going through. They might be celebrating something uh, of of joy that this, this person or this family had experienced. And so these missionaries, they were not disengaged transplants into this neighborhood, but they were committed to being real neighbors who know and are known by the people who are living there. And so these missionaries, they they really embody this call to be faithful, to love God, to love their literal neighbors, regardless of the number of conversions that took place uh, each year. But the call to be faithful, it's it's not always easy. These missionaries in London, their, their neighbors might be open to conversation, Uh, even to relationship, but there were many times where they, they would not be very eager to talk about Jesus. In the case of Ezekiel, right, we also know that there were many times where he would be coming up against all kinds of opposition. But we see that God didn't just leave him with this call to be faithful, but God also provides Ezekiel with very useful tools, And that leads us to our second point, Uh, God equips us with his words. Uh, Verse 7 again, and you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and on the back, and there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And so imagine Ezekiel being called by God to go and speak on his behalf to a rebellious people. And just imagine being filled with anxiety of just wondering, what do you say? How do you convince people to change from their ways? But Ezekiel doesn't have to figure out his own statements and rebuttals and proofs. God actually takes that burden off of Ezekiel and he supplies him with his words to speak. God says, you shall speak my words to them. And in this vision, God gives Ezekiel in the form of a scroll, the very words of God. But what's interesting is that Ezekiel isn't called to just simply memorize these words. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, God said to Ezekiel, son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly with the scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey." So God calls Ezekiel to, to eat this scroll, not just to simply memorize the words that he sees. You know, at the very least, Ezekiel needs to know the, the words of God, but, but God calls him to, to feed on it, to digest it, to internalize it, to, to have it shape every single part of his being. And as Ezekiel does this, he tastes the sweetness of God's word, that it, it nourishes his body and his soul. And so for for those of us that are Christian, do do we approach God's word in this way? You know, this this month, in the month of May, we we started an initiative, uh, read the the entire New Testament uh, in the month of May. And and we're doing this because we we believe that there are five essential practices uh, that the Christian life, that we ought to embody to help us follow Jesus more closely. Uh, there's fellowship, word, prayer, sacraments, mission. So word being one of these essential practices. And, and we do this because we believe that the Bible contains the very words of God, that this will, this is one of the primary ways in which he has revealed himself to us. And so this means that God is somebody who, who desires to be known. Right? He wants to give access to us to be, be in a relationship with Him. And so whenever we open up our Bibles, whenever we hear or read the words of Scripture, do we we see them as simply words on a page, or or are they truly words of life to us? Do, Do you see how God not only wants to equip us with His Word? but that these words are also meant to to nourish our souls and to give us sustenance. And so when God calls us out and sends us out to be his ambassadors, he doesn't just simply tell us to go and leave us empty-handed and where now we got to figure it all out on our own. He, He doesn't do that. He gives us tools for us to use. He gives us his words to speak. And these words are also food for our souls. And so as God's ambassadors, we, we might face uh, what seems to be insurmountable odds. But in those moments, God calls us to be faithful regardless of the outcome. He also equips us with his words to speak. But even still, that might not be enough for us to go out and to be his ambassadors. Uh, But there's one more thing that God does, and that leads us to our final point. God empowers us with his spirit. Uh, At the very beginning of our passage, chapter two, verse one, it says, God says to Ezekiel, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet and I heard him speaking to me. So when God calls Ezekiel to be his ambassador, to go on a mission that seems like this uphill battle, God doesn't send Ezekiel out to be by himself, but God goes with Ezekiel. The Spirit of God enters Ezekiel, remains with him all throughout the time that he is being called to do this work. One pastor said, the God of glory and grace who calls his people to do his will on earth always goes with them as they obey his calling. He never sends without going to. He always gives you himself because he is what you need and he alone can give you what is required. When God sends, he goes to. And how do we know that this is true? Well, centuries after Ezekiel, God would issue a similar call to his people to be sent out. We see this when Jesus, after he resurrects, he appears to his disciples. He calls them to be his ambassadors. He tells them, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And so if we think about it, Jesus gives his disciples what seems like an impossible mission. right? A a small group of people sent out to make disciples of all nations. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so the same Jesus who was faithful to follow the will of the Father, his spirit would go with the disciples to encourage them when their callings got difficult. The same Jesus that went up against what seemed to be insurmountable odds His spirit would go with the disciples, support them when they were facing what seemed to be an uphill battle. The same Jesus who knew that he would come to his own, but his own would reject him. His spirit would be with his disciples when they also would face rejection. The same Jesus who ate the bitterness of God's wrath when he died on the cross, his spirit would go with his disciples so that the word of God would be a sweet source of life. And so after 2000 years of the spirit of Jesus empowering more and more people to be God's ambassadors, here we are today. For those of us that are Christian, do we realize that that we are the fruit of the disciples taking on this call to be God's ambassadors? Do we realize that the spirit of Jesus has stayed true to his promise of being with his ambassadors always to the end of the age? We, all of us here who consider ourselves Christians, we are living proof that when God sends, he goes too. And so would you consider this call that God gives to us to to be his ambassadors, to know that we will not be left alone, but that the Spirit of God will be with us, the same Spirit that empowered his disciples. Is at work in us the same spirit that convinced us that the gospel truly is good news that same spirit goes with us as we live and as we tell this good news to those around us and maybe you're wondering you know how do I start you know, how do I even respond to God's call? I'm no eloquent speaker. I don't know the Bible like the back of my hand. Well, the one tool that, that those of us who consider ourselves Christian that, that we have is, is our unique and personal story of how Jesus rescued us and how he continues to make a difference in our lives. You know, people might disagree that there is no God, that that the Bible wasn't written by God, that Jesus was only a good moral teacher. But the one thing that cannot be disputed is your personal story and your experience with the living God. And so sharing your spiritual journey the ways you've encountered Jesus, the joys that you've experienced, maybe even sharing about the questions and doubts that you've had along the way. Your story is a powerful tool that God can use. People might disagree with your conclusions, but they cannot discount your personal experience. And so, friends, in what ways might God be calling you to be his ambassadors as you go from here today? Maybe God is calling you to be more more free and more open about your personal experiences with Jesus. Maybe God is calling you to to re-engage with his word. to to read, to listen, to reflect, and allow his words to shape you more and more so that you can be more equipped with his words. Maybe God is calling you to be faithful to those who are near you, your coworkers, your classmates, your neighbors, and, and relate to them as fellow image bearers. And so as you consider how God might be calling you uh, to be his ambassador, we have this amazing promise that the Spirit of Jesus will be with us as we go, and he'll be with us to the very end of the age. His Spirit empowers us to be his faithful ambassadors. Amen. Uh, Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for being present here with us this day. Uh, that the words that came from Ezekiel, that they are your words, and that these are words of life. And God, thank you that you have come in the person of Jesus to, to rescue us, to win us back, to be in a relationship with you for putting an end to sin and death, inviting us into new life, and also inviting us to be your representatives, to speak on your behalf, to, to live a life that is consistent with the life that you want all of us to live. And so Father, I pray that you would truly be with us as we go from here. God, we, we, we admit that this calling to be your ambassadors, it is daunting, that there are times where it's scary, and there are moments where we just do not know what to do, what to say. God, thank you for going with us, that we are not alone as we do this, that you are with us, that we have the gift of the church, that we are not alone. And so, Spirit, be with us. Empower us. May we be faithful so that more and more of the world will come to know the beauty of Jesus. Fall in love with him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.